to the Chamber Buzz with Bobby. I'm Bobby Vandenbalk, Member Services Director with the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce. In our podcast today, you will learn how people got their start, what brought them to the Exeter area, and how they want to be remembered. We will give you a unique look into the lives of the people that make up our community. As you know, we always say people are going to do business with people they know and trust. So let's get started getting to know the person behind this organization. Today, my guest is Jennifer Wheeler, president of the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce, located at 120 Water Street in Exeter, New Hampshire. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Bobby. Great to see you and be here. So Jennifer, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the chamber, who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, well, the chamber is a membership organization serving 10 communities in the Exeter area. Uh, my role as the president of the chamber is to oversee the organization and work with our amazing staff team, you uh, and Kim, uh, on marketing and events. And I see our job as supporting the businesses and the communities in, uh, in and around here. Um, you know, I think that we are successful when our members and our businesses are successful. Well, thank you. That is a, that is a great um, description of, of what the chamber does and also of, of what, your, what your responsibilities are um, to the community. So thank you for that. So let's get started. You are Jennifer Wheeler and you are the president of the um, Exeter Area Chamber. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Where did you, um, did you grow up locally? I did not grow up locally. I actually grew up uh, in New York on Long Island as um, I used to sound, I think a long, long time ago with my New York accent. And um, I grew up in Valley Stream, which is on the flight plan of JFK airport and used to hear the planes flying over my head on a rainy day. And um, I went to college in Ithaca, New York, and then moved to Atlanta for graduate school and have been here in New Hampshire in the seacoast since 1997. So I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life. That's crazy. And so obviously you grew up with parents um, and what are their first names? Uh, Steven and Lynn. And what's your, what's your dad's background? What, uh, what is his profession? Uh, my dad was um, a, uh, involved in travel and tourism um, growing up. Yeah. And uh, my mom was uh, an administrative assistant first at a bank and then another bank and then an insurance company growing up. Interesting. So did your father have a big family, a small family? No, a uh, very small family. My, um, my, my dad had a brother uh, and uh, that was it. And my mom was an only child and I'm an only child. So uh, very tiny family. Wow. Other than the family that we've created. I love that. I've often wondered not coming, not being an only child, how that differs from being in a, a larger family. So I'm sure that's hard for you to answer since you are an <laughs> only child. Um, what, so your father had one sibling and your mom was an only child. Yes. Yep. My, my, my dad had one sibling. My mom was an only child. And, you know, I only, you're right. I only know my experience and I can tell you, um, being an only child, I think, uh, 
gave me this interesting perspective that you really have a chosen family. And I think that I've always, um, I've always had that kind of mindset, whereas my closest friends, I really do consider family and it's the family that we create. Um, you know, I'm getting a glimpse a little bit of what it's like with siblings, having two girls. I don't always understand the whole sibling thing, but I'm trying really hard to learn. Um, but, you know, for, for, for me, coming from such a small family, I really um, cherish the relationships and the connections that I had with my friends who became my family. And I think that's probably why I've, um, in different with different hats on in different roles, personally and professionally. Well, I think I think I've sought out opportunities that have given me different kinds of connection with people. I love that. Yeah, I there are times I grew up in a. I have two sib, two sisters and an older brother. So there are times when I wish I had been an only child. But <laughs> <laughs> I hear that it's funny. You know, you, the grass is always greener. I guess you hear that from people for, with big families. You know, you hear that from only children. Um, I can tell you that as my my mom got older, I certainly wished for siblings to kind of share that with. Um, but again, it was my 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 chosen family and closest friends who um, who supported and 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 helped me and walked that journey with me. I was a middle child, so it, I really liked having the focus on other older, younger. I. I was able to like escape things and not have the, all that focus on me. So it that explains awesome. a lot, actually. <laughs> you still do that. <laughs> oh, what was a typical day like in your household growing up? Your both your parents worked. So how did that, you know, going to school, getting up, going to school, bus? I mean, how did that? What what happened after school? Mm -hmm. Well, um, my parents uh, uh, divorced when I was young. I was uh, 13 when they, when they divorced. And my mom and I lived with my grandparents, my, my mother's parents. So uh, my mom was working, but my, but my grandparents were always around. They were retired and, and, and they were always there. But I think I still was always out. It, when you were asking me that question, I was, I was, I was thinking, I don't remember being home a lot. <laughs> I remember being out a lot, maybe when I was really young, but when I was in middle school and high school, I just remember being out after school. Um, I played sports in high school. I uh, was involved in different clubs and activities. And so I, I don't remember sitting around a lot. And I think probably again, that was another way to feel like I belonged or, or had connection with, um, with different folks or whatever that was. So um, I, I always had some kind of a community. It, but again, in, in high school, it was, it was sports. I played soccer and softball in high school and um, was involved in different kinds of clubs and activities and things. That's so that's what, I, that's what I remember. And I remember, you know, I remember my, my, my grandparents and my mom coming to games and supporting me when I had things, you know, they were always there when they could. And so uh, I just remember being a pretty active um, teenager, either extracurricularly or with friends doing things that sometimes I hope my kids never do. <laughs> what a great opportunity for you to have that interaction with your grandparents. 
I mean, that's something that some kids don't really have that opportunity. And what a great way to, as a grandparent, as a grandmother, uh, what a great opportunity just to spend time with grandkids and that whole relationship. Uh, good for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wish I had that um, wisdom and perspective at the time. <laughs> uh, like many things in life, I don't think I realized that until later and when it was too late. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that, again, as your perspective changes as you get older, you kind of look at things with a different lens. And I think with a kid lens on, it was one thing with an adult lens on, um, you know, yes, it was wonderful to have that. But at the time, I don't think I, I, I fully appreciated and realized that. Well, the good thing is that you're, you're probably your grandparents did, so. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Um, so did you, obviously you went to school. Um, did you go to a big high school? Uh, did you go to a small elementary school? What was school like for you? What did it look like? Um, so what, so the school that I went to for high school was actually a junior and a senior high school all rolled up into one. It was grades seven through 12. Uh, the, the town that I grew up in Valley stream had three high schools, um, South central and North. And I went to South and I graduated, I think with about 240 kids, which, um, you know, my, my guess is that if I were to add up all the graduates between South, Central, and North back then, it's probably similar to the number of graduates that are graduating from some of the larger SAUs, like SAU 16. Uh, but um, the high school I went to is actually the same high school my mother went to. And because um, my, my mom uh, and I lived in the house that she grew up in with my grandparents. <clears throat> so uh, I remember looking at her yearbook and seeing teachers who I had, <laughs> who looked older back then, looked really old when I had them. Um, I don't remember any teacher ever saying, I am your mother, but, um, but, but I did go to the same high school as my mom and my dad went to a different high school in that district as well. So um, it was a smaller high school, but I felt like I could, um, I felt like I could still make my mark in different ways. And certainly, you know, like I would like to think that I took advantage of those opportunities that I had in a smaller high school. That's great. Smaller-ish, I guess. I can't believe you went to the same. Well, I mean, I, I did the same as well, but it just in you grew up in Long Island. I I, I, I thought there were it would be more transient. I guess I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my mom my mom grew up, my mom lived in the house that she grew up in, um, with, again, with my grandparents and, and was in the same place, went to the same elementary school that I went to and uh, the same high school. But it was, it was interesting uh, being with seventh through 12th graders. I think I always had friends and um, connections with, uh, with people who were both older and younger than me. And I was always really grateful for that. I think I still have that in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and I, I've always said, I think that it's so important to, to, to have um, mentors and people to look up to and to help you navigate those things as well as it's as, as, as well as being important to have someone to help and navigate through things as well. Um, and I think that being in a school that had seventh graders through 12th graders, it was, um, it was, it was easier to do that. 
Yeah, that's a big age. It's a big age difference, but it's not so much the age difference. It's the maturity. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what a great opportunity. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it was one of those things where when you're in the middle of it, you, you, you don't have that perspective, but looking back um, with a different lens on either as an adult or as the parent of, you know, a high school and a college student now, you know, it's, it, it's a different kind of lens to see what that, what that opportunity created um, for me and how that kind of influenced my, um, my path. Life going on. Correct. Um, what was your first job? A bachelor's in psychology. And then after that? Then I uh, moved to Atlanta and uh, got a master's degree in public health in behavioral science and health education and was there during the Olympics, which was really fun. Oh, nice. Oh, how fun was that? It was loads of fun. The, I remember the torch running past our apartment and going up to see it as it went by and uh, we went to see a couple games, which was really fun. Uh, we were at, we saw soccer and uh, baseball and uh, volleyball. Wow. And uh, we were at Olympic Park about 30 minutes before the bomb went off and oh, uh, saw the whole city change. It was a pretty, it was a, it was a really incredible experience. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Wow. But what was great about it was there was this sense, and I actually, it's similar to, to what I see here sometimes. There was this such sense, there was such a sense of pride in the city and this, um, this just desire for everybody to be welcoming and helpful. I mean, I can remember riding the train at, you know, two in the morning coming back from something and there, and just meeting the most interesting, nicest people who were from out of town and, hearing about what they were doing and they asked questions on where they should go. Uh, so I, I just, you know, it was, it was great. It was great to be part of that kind of um, collective pride, that collective community of pride for where you lived. That's, that's great. Yeah. What, I mean, talk about the good, bad and ugly of, of, of something. Wow. Yeah. You certainly went through the whole gamut of emotions <laughs> during that um, yeah. event. So now tell me what your, what, what was your very first job, your very first paying job? My, uh, other than babysitting, which, uh, you know, I, I think that was just like neighbor kids babysitting. Uh, I was a camp counselor. You mean like, like when I was a kid, my very first job? Yeah, I was, a, I was a camp counselor uh, at um, Barrett Park, which was in, I think it was Valley Stream. If not, it was the neighboring town. I think it was Valley Stream. It was a camp that I remember going to when I was a kid. And then when I got old enough, I was, I was able to be a counselor and it was a uh, half day camp. I would ride my bike and um, That's great. just had a great time. Yeah. I had lots of friends who uh, I, I met lots of friends who were counselors and um, always enjoyed that. Now, how long did you do that for? A season or did you do it uh, multiple seasons? Yeah, I think I, I remember doing it for maybe three years. Three, three or four years, probably, until I went to college. What was the thing that you learned at that job that you've taken with you for every single position? Kindness. Really? Yeah, it was, it was really about kindness and trying to, you know, 
when you're a camp counselor, you kind of have to meet everybody where they are. It's about, it's not, it's not always about what you want. Sometimes it's about what they want and how they want to spend their time. And uh, so it taught me how to, um, uh, uh, I think just, again, make a connection with someone. Typically it was some kind of a younger person and be kind and find out what they wanted and what they needed and help them to get there. And uh, so I would think that's, that's what I took away from that. Oh, that's very interesting. Three years. How did you get from there to where you are today? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a um, jump. Yeah, that's a pretty big jump. That was probably from when I was like 17 or 18. <laughs> so that's a pretty big jump. Um, you know, I, that was the job I had before I was in college. Once I was in college, I, uh, I worked for, uh, at different places at Ithaca. As I, I spent summers up there. I worked, um, in the computer lab one summer. I, uh, worked with my favorite professor one year, one summer on a research project, which was great. Uh, and then, uh, was in grad school and, you know, did different kinds of work study, jobs. I worked at the CDC at the Office on Smoking and Health for a couple um, years in an internship, which was a lot of fun and learned a lot. Uh, and then when I graduated from graduate school, I had a job working uh, for a company that did consulting to the Centers for Disease Control for the CDC. And uh, that was my first, you know, grown-up job <laughs> where I, uh, you know, had benefits and had, you know, things that I didn't understand necessarily on, on but uh, that was my first job job. And uh, my husband, Chris, is a physician assistant and he was, uh, he was a PA down in Atlanta when he graduated as well. And then he, we wanted to move back to the Northeast and uh, he saw this job in Exeter New Hampshire. And I remember him calling me to tell me this was back in the days of dial up internet connections, you know, ding, 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 that kind of thing. And I remember him calling me and me trying to find out I, 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 I didn't even know where New Hampshire was when he called me to tell me about Exeter, this, you know, th this, this job in Exeter. And um, so I had to look it up <laughs> on, the, on the internet. And then I had to go to my map in my planner and see where it was. And then we came up and stayed right here in downtown Exeter at the Inn by the Bandstand and fell in love with this community. And, uh, you know, just knew that that was the place for us and have been here ever since. That's great. So what did you do when you first got here? When I first got to New Hampshire, I worked for the American Cancer Society. I was the director of uh, cancer detection, prevention, and education, uh, which was a statewide role at the time. Uh, after I did that for a couple of years and then got a job with New Futures, which is a statewide advocacy organization focusing on uh, addiction and treatment. And uh, during that time, went through Leadership New Hampshire, uh, which was a great experience and gave me this perspective and this connection to a leadership program. And then uh, after that, having been at New Futures for nine years, uh, 
had the opportunity at, at, at New Futures as their deputy director, had the opportunity to serve Leadership Seacoast as their executive director for 10 years before coming to the chamber three years ago. You've got a lot of background. <laughs> I guess it just depends. It just depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> as I said, I, I don't think, you know, I will never, I will never be able to check the box that I was born here, but um, I've been here longer than I've been anywhere else in my that. life. Yeah. I love that. So what was it about, because you were at um, leadership for uh, 10 years. So mm -hmm. what was it about the position at the chamber three years ago that you went, I want to go for that. What was that? Uh, you know, a couple things. One was I, I had always um, loved the idea of marketing and promoting the community that I loved. And that was part of it. Um, and I, and I loved serving, I love the idea of serving the community in that way. Um, you know, having been with Leadership Seekers for 10 years, I, 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 I've had an understanding of the interconnectedness between uh, business and different kinds of issues that make up the fabric of community. Uh, and the opportunity at the chamber to me was so exciting because it gave me a chance to work with the community in a new way, taking what I had learned and experienced through Leadership Seacoast to another level. And, you know, it's been the greatest gift to be able to serve the chamber and the community this way for the last three years. That's really, I don't know if I ever really knew what interested you in the chamber, why the chamber at that point. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I You're appreciate welcome. it. Um, so let's move forward a little bit and talk about your life today. I know that you are married. I am. And your <laughs> husband's name is? Chris Wheeler. He's my college, uh, my college boyfriend. And what, what's Chris do? Chris is an orthopedic physician assistant at uh, Access Sports Medicine, which used to be, when we first moved here, Exeter Orthopedics. And he's been there since we've been in New Hampshire, so 24 years. Wow, I have forgotten that. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's been with the same practice since, since we've been here. Wow, that's yeah. good for you folks. Yeah, they've been, um, they've been wonderful to him. He, you know, he, I think, I know I consider them like family. I know he considers them like family. He's managed to see and fix body parts from a lot of people in the community who will run into us and tell us that. And, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's great. Well, it certainly, uh, it, 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 it certainly does give you or give our listeners a sense of how involved both you and your husband, your family are in the community. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I always remember my mom who eventually moved up to New Hampshire um, when our oldest daughter was one. And I can remember, and my mom, again, grew up in this and lived in the same place. She had her entire life until she moved to New Hampshire. And I remember her coming to visit us before she moved up and going to the grocery store and seeing, you know, as we do in the grocery store, you always wind up seeing at least four people that you know to say hello to. 
And um, I can remember going into the store with her and seeing people and talking and asking questions and introducing them to my mom and whatever. And I, we were driving home from the store and she said, I don't understand it. You know, you've only been here for, a, a, at the time it was a short amount of time. You've only been here for a short amount of time and you go to the grocery store and you see all these people that you know or that saw Chris and I've lived in the same place my entire life and I've never seen anybody I knew at the grocery store. And I think that that's, I, you know, I don't, I think part of it is just the nature of what, of the roles that he and I have played in the community. But part of that too, is I think just the community. <laughs> it's, um, it's one of the things that makes this area really, really unique is that you, um, you can connect with people on that kind of way, in, in, in that kind of way, which never existed anywhere else. And so I do think that that's one of the cool things about being here. Well, it may also speak to how outgoing you and Chris may be. Just depends on the day, but yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, that's too funny. So uh, you have two children. I do. Uh, I do. Their first names? Emma and Annabeth, who we call B. Nice, nice. And um, they are, uh, Emma is in college now. She's a, she just finished her freshman year at uh, Keene studying education and uh, is actually just went back to Keene to help out with uh, freshman orientation for the incoming freshmen. That's so she just great. went back the other day and she's having a good time. And Annabeth uh, is just finishing up her first year of high school. So she's a freshman in high school, almost a sophomore, which wow. is hard to believe. So they're not little children. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. It's amazing how those years just. Yeah. I still, I still see them that way, but I'm told often that um, they're not. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think I might have said those words to my parents several times too. Yeah. Um, so my last question for you um, before we move into the next segment is where do you see yourself in 10 years personally and professionally? Oh my gosh, that's a really big question. I see myself uh, in 10 years, certainly, I don't, I see myself here in this community. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine being living anywhere else. So where whatever we're doing, <laughs> I see it here. Uh, you know, I, I would love to think that um, in 10 years, I'm trying to think how old I am and how old I'll be in 10 years. I don't think I'll be able to retire yet. <laughs> so I will, I will uh, hopefully still be here at the chamber professionally. We'll see if, um, you know, if uh, personally uh, it's, it's hard for me to think 10 years from now, because when I think about me 10 years from now, I think of our family 10 years from now and our children 10 years from now. And that's, really hard for me to put my head around <laughs> because we would have adult children by then. Um, and so I would just hope personally that, um, you know, our, our family still loves spending the time together that way we do now. It might not be the same way, but we still really, and I'm, I consider myself very lucky that uh, that our kids still want to spend time with us. <laughs> and so we're going to take advantage of that as long as we can. Possible, exactly. Yeah, as, as certainly as long as we can. And, you know, and I, cer and I certainly hope 10 years from now, we're still doing the same kinds of things that we're doing now personally in terms of, you know, 
skiing and spending time on the water in one way or another and being active with friends and trying to golf and that kind of thing. So and, I, I and would, you, you may be a grandmother. Oh my God. I, can't even, <laughs> I thought I, I'd throw that out there. Well, 10 years from now 28, you know. Yeah, I know that's, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> but, um, it is a lot to take in, isn't it? It's a lot to take in. Yeah. If you had asked me that question, um, even five years ago, I, I probably would have had a different answer because I was, you know, but when I think about me 10 years from now, I think about our whole ecosystem 10 years from now, <laughs> our, you know, the Wheeler ecosystem, the personal and professional ecosystem, which has many different pieces. So it's hard to tease my part out of that. I love it. Oh my gosh, it is a, it, it's a big question for sure. It's a good question, yeah. <laughs> so Jennifer, thank you. Um, I'd like to end our podcast today by asking you the, the same 10 questions that I ask every guest. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the first question is, what's your favorite word? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably it. Seriously? <laughs> All right. Although, Although if I were being warm and fuzzy, I'd say something like friendship or love or something like that. But I feel like, um, you know, when my kids try and uh, uh, play me or be me, that's the word that they would say. Seriously? <laughs> All right. That makes sense. What's your least favorite word? Hate. I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. Hate. Oh, well, that's, Hate. that's a very good word to... Hate and close. Well, yeah, it's really hard to think of one word. I think of like, Hate and close-mindedness. Well, those are both pretty good words. <laughs> They're good words not to like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, what makes you laugh out loud? <laughs> I don't know. Thinking of uh, Chris's um, silly jokes that I've heard a million times. Thinking and I can recite <laughs> millions of times. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they still make me laugh out loud. Not all the times, but sometimes they do. And, 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 and some would say that telling, trying to tell Chris's funny jokes makes me laugh out loud because most of the time I can't get through them because I know the punchline and I start laughing ahead of time. I love it. I was going to say, definitely, if you couldn't come up with anything, that's what I was going to say because I've been, <laughs> I've been the recipient of some of those jokes and seeing right. them. Uh, Which I apologize for, yeah. <laughs> What makes you just, what just breaks your heart? What makes you really sad? Loss. Mm. Uh, loss, seeing, seeing either, uh, yeah, personal loss and the tragedy that, that folks are going through breaks my heart. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's never easy. Yeah, loss and disconnection. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, everybody else laughing. <laughs> What sound or noise just drives you crazy? <laughs> well, you know this one. <laughs> and Kim knows this one. Cracking knuckles um, makes my hair stand on end. I just, I don't know what, I have never cracked my knuckles or a body part ever. And so um, when I hear people crack their knuckles, it just, it, um, it makes, I don't know, it, it just, uh, it just makes me go like this. <laughs> So I did know that one as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, Jennifer, I am going to ask you to mute yourself with the um, answer to this question. Okay. 
when you come back on, please do not say what your answer is. I will be able to, um, I will be, I will be able to know what the answer is. When you're ready, you're not muted. There you go. What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> that might be mine as well. <laughs> well, it has to also be said with the same level of um, intensity. Exactly. Yeah. It's so much, it's such a great word because you can use it in so many different ways. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. And the rest of you will just have to guess what the <laughs> word is. I'll never tell. <laughs> Jennifer, what profession other than your own right now would you like to attempt? I always thought I would be a counselor, uh, a therapist, or uh, a teacher. Oh, I like that. I could see you doing that. Any of, or all of those, actually. Uh, what profession would you want no part of? That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm. 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 I'm not coming up with anything. I'm sure there's so many things that I wouldn't want to do. I just can't come up with one. Construction, um, uh, sewer work. Uh, there's a bunch <laughs> that I could come up with. <laughs> I, yeah. I sure. We. Yeah. Uh, any of those things. Probably any of those things. Uh, I, you know, something that involves cracking knuckles. I don't know, maybe a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that. I love that. Yeah. So my last question for you is, what would you like your legacy to be? How would you like people to remember who you are and, or what would you like people to remember most about you? I think at the end of the day, I want to be remembered as someone who was kind and helpful and loving and supportive. And as I say that, I know that that sounds somewhat cliche, but, um, you know, I, I, I would like to think that at the end of the day, looking back, I would want to be remembered for, for, for the connections that I, that I have with either my family or my friends and my community in whatever way and hope that in some way I helped and inspired them to do something in whatever it is, hopefully positively. So I think that's, um, that's how I want to be remembered as just a, just a kind person who, uh, who helps others. Um, Help you, others to be, to be who they are and who they were meant to be. Um, that is a lot to put on a little so you may want to consider narrowing that down a little yeah. tightening that up a little bit just, just i'll have to think about that <laughs> yeah i'll have to think about that it's a um it certainly is um you're certainly living that example of how you'd like to live and how you'd like to be remembered so congratulations you. to you for that um I'd like to thank you, uh, my guest, Jennifer Wheeler, president of the Extra Area Chamber for being on this podcast today and giving us an opportunity to get to know her a little bit better. And well, thank you, Bobby. It was, it was great to spend the time chatting with you. And uh, I couldn't let this podcast finish without saying what a pleasure it is to work with you and to learn from you uh, everything that you have and bring to the chamber, um, working with you and Kim is, uh, the, and serving this community together with you as a team is one of the greatest gifts. Oh, thank you. So thank you. I truly appreciate that. Is there anything else that you would like to share about yourself or the organization? We kind of covered a lot. 
I was going to say, I feel like I covered a lot. If there's, if there's anything I didn't cover, um, then I hope someone would reach out. I guess the only other thing that I would share or ask is that, you know, I, I hope that people will always feel comfortable uh, coming to me and to you and to Kim with whatever it is that they need. And I think, uh, you know, that, I guess that's what I, that's how I would end it is that, you know, if there's anything that I can do, or if you have questions or about the chamber or anything, I just hope that people feel comfortable and open uh, to, um, to reach out and ask. I love that. Well, thank you. Um, that, that's a great way to wrap up our session. So uh, I want to thank our listeners today. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Um, I also want to thank anchor.fm for um, helping us uh, set up and hosting and distributing uh, this podcast for us. Um, you can find the Chamber Buzz with Bobby um, on Spotify, Google, Apple, Breaker, Anchor. And of course, you can find it on the Chamber website, www.exeterarea.org. So check that out. Um, we have several podcasts on there and Jennifer will be added to that as well. So this is Bobby Vandenbaugh, Member Services Director of the Exeter Area Chamber, signing off. And we hope that you will join us for the next time with the Buzz with Bobby. The Chamber Buzz with Bobby is built and distributed through Anchor by Spotify. This podcast is produced by the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce. To learn more about the Chamber, visit exeterarea.org.